Yo, hey, it's your host, Brian. Um, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Before we get started, I just want to tell you about our sponsor, Two Foot Parade Records. Um, Two Foot Parade is an independent record label based in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's over on the west side, for those of you that don't know. Um, their mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give them partial ownership of their work. So very, you know, there's a movement right now going on in music where artists are, you know, demanding their the rights to their work because they're the ones creating it. Imagine that. Um, and, you know, Two Foot is, they definitely understand that and an artist friendly. Um, they have two new releases coming out soon. Worry Club Volume 1 Mixtape is available for purchase on their website. Um, that's Volume 1 Mixtape from Worry Club. And then Nest Lake's Low Light Cassette is available for purchase on their website. Um, and they're also accepting submissions on their website. So that's twofootparade.com, T-W-O, footparade.com. And all their socials are at twofootparade. So at T-W-O, footparade. Check them out. Let them know that uh, you heard about them on the podcast. All right. And here is the episode. Yo, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. This is Bri Bri. This episode, Benny was at work. Um, so it was just me and Taylor Grimes from Swimming to the Sound blog. Uh, Taylor's the shit. His blog is the shit. Definitely go check it out. Um, it's really well-written pieces on music that are have a unique perspective because Taylor really digests the things he writes about and like really humanizes his writing. It's not just like press release, copy and paste shit. It's well thought out. It's interesting it's his voice his perspective i love it one of my favorite music blogs and i also follow up with taylor uh, you know on like he kind of helps me stay up to date on like what's happening so this episode is like a year in review for 2020 talking about our highlights and lowlights him knowing more about kind of what happened on the beat than i do and i have notes from benny that kind of served as an outline even though they couldn't be here because benny's more plugged into me too you guys know this about me if you know this podcast. I am an old man and I rely on other people to tell me what I need to be paying attention to. So that was kind of this episode. I had a really good conversation. Um, follow the podcast on Instagram at invite the neighbors, Twitter at ITN pod, subscribe on Spotify, follow us on, you know, um, whatever Apple podcast, Google podcast, whatever you listen to, give us a review over there. And I would very much appreciate it. Um, and if you're one of those people that says like that you look forward to every episode of this podcast every week, hit me up and let me know if you'd be interested in Patreon content. So if like I said, like a dollar a month for an extra episode a week or whatever you wanted to pay, would is that something that you'd be interested in, in jumping on? Please shoot me a message on Instagram. Please take the time to do that if you either would or would not be into that and let me know why i really really appreciate it um anyways enjoy the listen here's the episode i think we're good now it says it's here i think we're back yeah i don't want to lose any of that gold talking about how shitty <laughs> my ears been <laughs> i know relatable content though you know yeah yeah hashtag good content um no yeah i mean <laughs> Man, yeah. Well, what we talked. When was our? I did that first interview. What you think, like October, November of last year? Yeah, because I moved into this house um, yeah. in October, and I think you were the first one that came here for yeah. it. Yeah. Holy shit! Damn. Yeah. What? A, what a landmark. What a what a way to remember. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, think about what a different world that was, man. Just coming over to each other's houses and talking within six feet of each other. Whoa. I know. Damn. Yeah, we were within like one <laughs> feet of each other. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> we were, yeah, we were face to face that entire interview. Yeah. We actually couldn't Sitting tell. We didn't on the floor. It. it was very cute. Yeah, there were candles lit. It was very moody. I loved it. <laughs> You know what? Actually, that's not too far off, though, aside from like, just sitting one <laughs> feet apart. Because, dude, I always have candles going. And Micah Cotner was just over here. Um, yeah. They were the first one in a long time oh, uh, that actually came over to do one. And we were up in my room and like I had a fake fireplace going on the TV and like <laughs> candles, Christmas lights. And I was like, I'm not trying to seduce you, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, it some, <laughs> some very conflicting messages. but I know, I, I, I know. That's... It's a very welcoming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's no. that's great. But yeah, so I don't know, man. That was yeah. In the time since then, I think in that episode, I mentioned where I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna move to Denver, <laughs> and that happened. I landed this job, moved out here in December of last year. Like, crashed with friends along the way in like St. Louis and uh, and Kansas City, and then made it out oh, here. That's started fun. You kind of road tripped it out there. Yeah, yeah. Road, like, and I had like thanksgiving with friends in kansas city and we all had like it was their first thanksgiving away from their families too so it was like really nice and got to see really cool parts of the country that i'd never been to got to see the arch all that shit (laughs) um and now i'm out here started this job in december and then worked at it for three months and then everything shut down so i've been working from home now longer than i've been in the office (laughs) But, uh, oh, dang. Other than, so that's that's a weird adjustment but you know it's great like um I, I got to go to a few shows before everything shut down um i met someone that's really cool and we've been like hiking all over this summer so you know making the best of a bad situation i think in my eyes yeah how like you're from oregon originally aren't you yep so like yep. how how have you made like friends with people all over like throughout the midwest and stuff like you like met up with people in st louis and like different things like that so yeah well one of them um shout out maddie from indie heads they have a fantastic podcast as well i don't know if we're allowed to promote other podcasts on this podcast (laughs) but um, not at the stage where there's like legal implications or anything there's beef (laughs) you're like no 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 our, I could use some beef i could use some pr yeah oh shit yeah yeah (laughs) we could get some fake podcast beef going like yeah Invite the neighbors, calls out all of indie heads, like really, really get them like swarming you and yeah, <laughs> listening. Stole by the my idea. <laughs> Ang- anger listening, dude. That's what gets. That's what gets clicks now. <laughs> um, I'm curious about that. Yeah, um, but yeah. So he was um, longtime friend of a couple of years, and like play video games together, and and just like, hey, dude, like, can I come crash? Like, I'm making my way out from from Detroit to Denver and looking like mapping it out. And it was a long, it was like a 10 hour drive, like, you know, through Chicago, then directly down South. And, uh, that was a hell of a day, but you know, got to meet him and, and like in person for the first time, it was one of those where it's like long time online friendship, like, and then we got to hang out in real life and it was chill. And we just, you know, did this shit that we usually do. We played Fortnite together, (laughs) kicked back some beers. And then I just was out the next day. We, we went to like the arch and got like good Mexican food. He was like, yeah, like, you know, showing me around town and that was really cool. And then same thing, um, in Kansas city, it was a friend that I met in Detroit and he moved out there with his girlfriend and like months before that. So I was like, yo dude, can I crash and come see the place? And they were really moved in and it was really cute. And, 
Kansas City is surprisingly dope. <laughs> I was shook. That's what I've heard. Yeah. My buddy CJ lives out there and he's from uh St. Louis originally, I think. And then he moved to Ann Arbor for a minute and then now he's back in KC and his episode's really good, by the way. It's like uh oh, yeah. goes by the name SZA and he's like a hip hop, he's like a nerdy hip hop oh. uh artist yeah. and he does like visual arts and stuff. He's it's fucking dope, oh. dude. Like his song, one of his songs is played at the beginning of the episode. It's like it's it's like stoner rap, but that's like really cerebral. It's like I really like yeah, yeah, I think you would like it. I definitely like it. If you're like yeah. a nerdy white dude, I think you really like it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, that's textbook. That's like right, a right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, no, I was gonna say, like, you've definitely been for all speaking of like looking at things on the bright side, you've been like kind of killing it this year. I feel like you COVID has in a way opened up those boundaries of remote courting because obviously yeah. there's a fantastic scene in like locally surrounding you but like now that everything's remote whether you like it or not you've been able to like really spread out into these cool new networks of people that you would probably have never crossed paths with otherwise you know what i mean like that's fucking yeah that's really tight that's a good upside i think yeah like the way i kind of feel about it all is you know i, I try not to like brag about the podcast or anything like that or try to sound like that but <laughs> the way i feel is that like it's really good. It's it's like it's doing really well and in terms of like yeah. the quality of the content I think I think it just Yeah. I think the the listenership is something that I need to catch up to the quality of what I'm putting out there, I think. Yeah. And cuz I don't think very many people listen to it and that's because I'm not very good at marketing. I, I need to figure that time. out more. But yeah. yeah, the pandemic was something where like I always thought like hopefully I'll get big enough to where like bands on tour that are bigger will want to stop here and do it. But now it's just like like you like you said, like this remote stuff. Like I just didn't want to learn how to do it. I'm ADD and I'm like lazy. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to learn how to do this. But now that I know how to do it, kind of, like I still need to learn how to like record video. And right now, honestly, like I don't think this is worthy mm -hmm. of posting a video. But because it's just like I I don't understand that like <laughs> no no I mean <laughs> yeah just, yeah you do something with your hair want to look at this for one hour straight I mean come on <laughs> I mean I guess it's kind of cool I'm just chilling here with my cat but yeah this I was gonna my, say your cat that's that's a win right there <laughs> but like I do this in my bedroom but like I have a roommate moving out and so I'm gonna move my bedroom into his and then I'm gonna turn this space into like an actual studio. Nice. for the podcast so i'm like have the logo yeah. behind me and like have like a cool sort of vibe going so that like you know I'm, I'm more likely to watch a podcast on youtube if like they're like in a studio and it feels more legit and it's like aesthetically pleasing whereas yeah. you know what i'm saying like i feel like that'll be a more it'll be worth putting in the effort to actually incorporate video and figuring that out and potentially have yeah. i mean definitely having more work to do either that or hiring a producer that wants to do to do the video stuff, which would be ideal. Hit me up. Hit, There's hit. definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Bang my line. If you, you got the hookup. Yeah. Like I think that's totally true. Then also that gets you onto a new market. Like I think there is a huge YouTube podcast market, which is admittedly not me, but I think that there's right. a lot of people that fall under that and you could definitely like spread your mark, like, you know, get onto that medium as a whole and, and grow yeah. that way too. Yeah, but, I think cool. so. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely one of those people like I'll like if I'm working from home, I'll just I'll put on podcasts on YouTube. So there's like more yeah. there's like visual and auditory stimulation. I just don't think this what we're looking at is very visually stimulating. No offense once again. But uh, <laughs> no, other than the occasional 
cat walking in front of me. I was going to say, your cat's been posted up the whole time, so I'm kind of amazed. Like, they're just overlooking. (laughs) She's obsessed with me, to be honest. Like, she just follows me around everywhere. (laughs) I don't know if it's like a separation anxiety or something, but I'm her mother very much. Good. Hell yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so this is episode, you know this, but in case I forget to say this in the intro that I'm going to record later, it's I wanted to do this as like a a year in review of 2020. Because you do yeah. the swimming to the sound blog, and I feel like you stay in tune with like Benny does too, but they're not here. But like with yeah. what happens on a, uh, you're like more on the beat of music, like what's happening True. as it's happening. Where I'm more yeah. just like listening to like pay attention on Twitter to who people are talking about, and then I try to get them on the podcast, and then I try to get bands I like. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not doing a great but job I'm of like not doing a great job of like always paying attention always you know paying attention you know that's true i mean there's even that of being on twitter and being up on shit comes with a whole other layer of being up on like weird shitty diy twitter drama and like taking in covid news and like it's a constant whirlwind so i don't think anyone would put that past you you know what i mean like there's a lot that comes with just being up on twitter <laughs> right but um yeah so I wanted to see like I and I had Benny send me theirs too, but like just like a few go through like our highlights and our lowlights of the year. Um and we can kind of just go back and forth on that. It doesn't have to be like super formal or whatever, but I'll start with uh Benny's since they could yes, be someone here. Has. Um let's see. So Benny said highlights in terms of albums, Dorian Electra, My Agenda start with that do you i don't know what that is so (laughs) so that is like pretty 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 uh good like hyper pop album but again if you're not in the if you're not part of that like pc music scene i can see why that would be totally pass you by that one is that's a pretty deep cut i think for most music listeners but they're like they're of the 100 gex kind of uh, Charlie XCX uh, Sophie scene where it's very like vibrant visuals. I love their look, but it's like aggressive kind of aggro electronic music that's in your face and kind of like wild to listen to. But it's it's a fun one. It's very like gexy if you're into that type of scene. Yeah, that's another band that I've heard a bunch is 100 Gex that based on the <laughs> people's descriptions. Fire. Yeah, people like that one that one i'm i think i've listened to like one song and i was like oh it's like a cartoon if it was music you know yeah i think that that's a real it's it's over the top but intentionally so like but it's also it's kind of like brock hampton-y and they take in a lot of like different influences and there's screamo shit and there's electronic and there's edm and rap and like it's just kind of fused together in this wild just post everything genre in a way that I think clicks with my brain because it's like, wow, this is someone who grew up on MySpace listening to these like super problematic emo bands and also got went through a hip hop phase and like feels very reflective of where I'm at. And it's just kind of cool to see that not only reflected in culture, like in an album, but to have it get such success too is wild that like they're a phenomenon now, you know? Yeah. So are they, are they taking themselves like seriously to a point where they're actually trying to achieve something along those lines? Or are they like Naruto running into like a kaleidoscope of fuckery and just like having fun? 
Second one is way more accurate, just but also yeah. I love that beautiful turn of phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just tried yeah, I might that. steal that. <laughs> no, no, I think that I think it's both. It's one of those where it's like that's part of the charm too. Is it's like how much of this is serious, how much of this because it's still musically sound, even though it's chaotic, and it's still making an interesting point, even though it takes a wild path to get there. And so that's kind of that dynamic that I think makes them endlessly re-listenable where it's just, oh, like you can delve into this and get really hyped up or, you know, listen to just like some really just, it's the kind of shit that if you played for someone like even a decade ago, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? This is like some future music that I don't even know. My brain can't comprehend. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Oh, uh okay yeah because like I, I i didn't you know when i say like are they taking themselves seriously are they trying to achieve something that's not like my barometer for what's good or not you know what i mean it's just like i'm not one of those like elitist people where it's like if you're not radiohead levels of serious then like i don't i, I don't take you seriously you know i just think yeah my favorite people or artists are the ones who like know what their thing is and they just do that really well they don't like try to take themselves super seriously but then also just be a bunch of fucks about it I, I, that's a really inarticulate way of saying it but i think you know what i mean at least like i i would bother it's yeah, a, it I bothers me when like yeah like it, it bothers me like when a band like is like super jokey all the time but then their music is like trying to be super serious but they never show that at all it's like they're embarrassed of what they are in a way yeah 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 that's such a weird dynamic but i'd say that yeah a hundred gecks are definitely they rock they're they're walking a weird line and they're kind of like hyper online but also very like curated online presence in a weird way but i'd say that they're like unapologetically themselves and their music kind of reflects their personality so i i, I like respect them on that level this is also sidebar not about dorian electra at all but like dorian electra did like a feature on their remix album it's just all kind of one big part of that oh, pc okay. music uh scene i'd say Okay. Yeah, I think that's like kind of spawned just that sort of like mentality in general is kind of spawns. It kind of makes me think of like Guitar Fight, um, how it like the incorporation of like the video game culture and like the fun, like spontaneity of that in with like the Midwest emo sort of culture. Like there's that so much overlap there that i'm not saying musically they're the same but it just like talking about these types of bands and this type of approach kind of makes me think of them too and that is a segue because that was one of my highlights would be the guitar fight record um just that's absolutely yeah yeah i want to hear your take on that because i i think the, a that's a better comparison than you even realize but yeah that album blew me away man like i loved it from top to bottom yeah see personally i thought it was like fall of troy mixed with like it was like midwest emo version of like fall of troy um and i love fall of troy dude like that's a compliment i personally can do without like the video game like clips and things like that but i was happy that they went og with like the super mario shit at least because i can you know i grew up playing that shit but i yeah <laughs> and i'm not criticizing it i'm just saying personally i could do without it just because i think the music's so good that it's i don't think it needs like the for me, I don't need like the gimmicky stuff, but I also understand where it's like not necessarily a gimmick. It, it could, it actually lends itself to like they know, knowing your audience and like, you know, have 
also just being yourself. I don't think they're doing that because they think their audience is going to like it. I think they're doing that because they like it. It's just that something that stood out to me. It's like, eh, but overall the record is just highly inventive. And in one of the, if, when one of the things I've noticed most since I've like got involved in the scene, like a couple of years ago is there's a lot of bands that are just like boring on their instruments. And to see a band, like it's been great to see dog like success because they're, chords are so awesome and like they're so like riff heavy and like seeing bands like that that. is like a breath of fresh air when (laughs) so many bands are just generic to me you know i think especially in that kind of like diy twitter circuit there's a lot of those bands that are like yeah this is good but like i would never like willingly like seek it out like i'll throw it on sometimes and be like yeah this is tight and like but yeah guitar fight is interesting and i i really do i think i love those samples because it's like yeah, I grew up playing Mario too, but like this weird Kingdom Hearts shit or like that sample at the very end of Tea and Crumpets where it's just like weird shit that I think it makes sense to them. But as a listener, you're just like, all right, like I'm down with this. I, I trust you guys implicitly with whatever the fuck you're doing. And like, I love that first song where it's just Mario sample into just yeah. emo Midwest chaos. And you're just like, all right, let's fucking go. Like that is that's spoiler alert for my album of the year list. Like that's like the way that I think of that band is the let's fucking go meme with like the, the ball head screaming. Like that's what I yeah. feel when I'm listening to the guitar fight. It's just like teeth out. You're like, your muscles are all tensing at once. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's hard not to like musically. Like if you like guitars at all, it's hard to listen to that and not be like, okay, they fucking rips, you know, like if you're like, I'm a guitar nerd, dude, it's my instrument. And I just think that, they absolutely crushed it with the riffing. Like I said, fall of like if if American football and like fall of Troy had a baby, it would be that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and like yeah, definitely because that fall of Troy comparison is great because there's definitely like that Midwesty thing is pretty like pretty consistent throughout. But there's like crazy heavy breakdowns in it too, and just mm-hmm. like there's a really nice balance of you're never bored, and it's only like 26 minutes or whatever too. So you're just like. And that split that they did too with what Arcadia Gray and Oolong and um, Danny the Street just, and they were on the split just a couple weeks ago with Cheem and stuff. And like, they're mm-hmm. doing fantastic stuff and really prolific this year, despite everything. Yeah. And I, I just think, um, like I said before, it's hard to listen to them and not just be like, at least respect the musicianship and like respect what it is that like, the unapologeticness of it just like in your face guitars and also it's kind of testament to like when you mentioned like the different types of breakdowns and the different different like time signatures and like the different sort of vibes that they get like it just testament to how much works with just distorted guitar like how much you can do like how like versatile um that that's that sound is like like i said if you're a guitar nerd if you're in love with the sound of just this cleanly overdriven guitar it's i love it i love it but yeah um i think i i think that's a perfect the first like man if you want if you're if you're done with guitar fight i think that like yeah we can go on you want to stay in that emo vein um my album of the year is that carpool record man like i don't know if you've check them out but holy shit that was like a surprise for me um i helped them premiere like the second single on the blog and i was like okay cool like i've never heard of these guys like 
listened to the song, loved it. And then once the album came out and I took the thing in, 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 in full, I, it's one of those that I just kept coming back to. And it's very like, their vocals are so Prince daddy esque and like got kind yeah. of that like raspy snarl. And then you've got that Midwest emo thing. There's, but there's just beautifully written sentiments and like great ballads and glockenspiel and all sorts of like weird instrumental shit. But just as a whole album, it hangs together beautifully, I think. Um, and I was really, really blown away by those guys. And I think they're going to do big stuff in 2021 from what I've already been hearing. Nice. Yeah, I haven't checked them out. I mean, they're one of the, actually the bands that are on my radar for having on the podcast. So honestly, what this episode will be for me too is just like kind of a reference point for like what I need to, who was doing shit this past oh, yeah. year and who I need to be aware of and get try to get on here and meet and promote and things like that. Um, and I bet they'd be down there. They're they're very online, but also like, you know, they're they're personable personable people and, and I think yeah, just making fantastic shit. So I always I always fuck with that. Acrobat Unstable as a whole. That entire label has been doing just consistently killing it this year in every genre. Oh, everything Acrobat Unstable. Yeah. Yeah. I have to hit them up too. I've been wanting to have more record labels. Yeah. Yeah, but, they're um, well and it's they're the the members are in in Clearbody who just put out a fantastic record and like they're musicians too so you could talk to them on that level but then just that grind of helping bands press vinyl and release sweatshirts and and shipping it all out of their garage like that's it's it's a it's a fantastic little little label that's again i think they're they're going to do even more shit next year so definitely one to like keep your eyes on yeah and i think on i can sort of transition this into one of my highlights and i think benny would agree is um and speaking of like indie record labels i think what jake is doing with good luck charm records is pretty exciting i kind of like i i definitely relate with jake in terms of like my podcast and his label i think are like two sort of like relatively unknown entities that are getting a lot of good like high quality content and that the listenership or like the following just needs to catch up to it. And Benny, how that like Benny's working on album three for boyfrienders. Um, that, so that was one of their highlights and, you know, good luck charm is going to put that out. I talked to Jake about putting out the in a daydream record next year. So I think good luck Charm's kind of a stamp establishing themselves and setting themselves up to have like a really, hopefully like the potential for like a big next year. You know what I mean? Like with, different releases yeah. and yeah and i may may or may not have heard both of those records yet and they may or may not be fantastic i can't say <laughs> one way or the other but yeah um so yeah i i agree 100 i wrote about jake's label this year just because i was looking back and i'm like damn i was i was like listening to the split for for content and um micah's band and like and looking back on the year and like man, starting off with the Boyfrienders record was like already fantastic. And then the BDP record, it doesn't bother me. Like that's technically on paper, it's four releases, but like those are four really, really high quality projects. And, and just it's to me also having moved away from Michigan, like it's emblematic of everything that like, that DIY circuit and scene has produced like there's there's all these cool miniature networks of bands and like 
people like Jake and, and this podcast that are like focusing on them and really taking the time to elevate them and like discuss them and share them. And it's just, to me, it's a reminder of like that there's pockets of these networks all over, but it's also just so cool to see bands that, you know, I saw BDP live, like however, like half a dozen times, I'm sure last year. And then like to hear all of that recorded so well and like what Tyler Floyd is doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just really cool documentation. I feel like of like the scene up there. It's great. And that was one of the reasons like I really was interested in putting the record out through them is because I just think about like, one, Jake's awesome, and I know Jake is gonna like he he believes in the the record would do anything he could to like make it a quality release. But also just looking at the quality of the bands, like imagine if seeing a show with like Bombastic Dream Pussy, Boyfrienders, it doesn't bother me in, in a daydream. Like that's a rad yeah. fucking yeah, it is. <laughs> like it's hard to fu- where like when do you step out? You know what I mean? Like that, but also like. In it, with the exception of like BDP was like more well known in the scene. I think Boyfrienders too, um, because just Benny's friends with everybody. Um, it doesn't bother me. He's definitely on the come up, I think. And then I think my band in a daydream will, if all, I'm super nervous about it to be honest, but like I, I really hope that like we can be one of those bands that when we do put things out, people talk about it and people like they understand it. You know what I mean? Like that's my biggest fear is that it, it it comes out and people just like miss it or it misses people or I I don't know. I'm just that's, scared shitless. <laughs> the hard part about music, especially this year, but it's like, yeah, how do you, how do you reach people outside of your network basically? Right. Cause you have a network of friends that'll listen to it regardless. And then, you know, will it snowball from there? Will they, will they share it with other people? But will you like have a tweet that spreads far enough to get kind of like people in scenes outside of Michigan listening to it. And like, I think that, oh man, I had a point and just totally fucking lost it. Oh, that this year, this year's really hard too. Like I feel terrible that it doesn't bother me. Like, you know, release this album at the height of the, the quarantine essentially. And I listened to it and I was like, damn, this is fucking good. And I'm so glad that Jake helped make those cassettes and stuff. But like, they still only have like a few hundred followers and like they're doing a live session soon, which I know is going to be tight and you know, they're queuing up for good stuff next year, but it's like, what a damper to have such a fantastic release out and then you can't tour on it. Cause that's really the way that like, you know, touring is tiring and kind of shitty in a lot of ways, but like really can expose you to new bands and connect you to other fans in different cities. And like, it's really hard when that's robbed of artists, you know? So this year has been right. hard I think, in that regard extra. Um, I don't know. But no, I th- I'll talk about them a little bit more cause they were one of my highlights and I just realized there's going to be no rhyme or reason to like, first we do Benny's and then we do mine and then we do, you know, but that's fine. We'll just naturally yeah, keep yeah. flowing with this yeah. shit. But th- I thought that they were one of the, it's hard to say like even like what are the better releases because I didn't listen to very many like releases in the DIY, but, of the stuff I did here, like the song honestly is in my top like three songs that I heard coming out of the yeah. DIY this yeah. year. And, um, and then another one is, is BDP. Uh, it's like the one that's the twin peaks quote, something about, but who is the dreamer or something like that. Yeah. 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 That song <laughs> fucking slaps dude. Holy shit. That their whole record's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like that opener, like it was so cool to hear blood on my bicycle seat. Like, you know, I think I have all those demos and EPs that they've thrown up on Bandcamp over the years, but to hear like 
such a good studio quality recording, full band, you know, like to hear it so fully realized was fantastic. And I'm yeah. one of my favorite cassettes too. Like it's such a gorgeous, Jake did a great job with the packaging and all that. And the, this like beautiful tinted, like greenish mint green cassette. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's another thing. Like I've thought about like the cassette. I don't understand it, but I know I'll have cassettes for my first record. I just, people like them. I'm not going to fight it. It's, I mean, Hey, yeah, yeah. No, no, don't question it. Right. But it's, I think that I don't even have a player here. All of my cassettes are pretty much still in Portland in my parents' house. But, yeah. um, I think that it's, you can do really cool, much like vinyl. You can do cool, like splatter paint effects. You can just make really yeah. unique ones, but also the J card, I think is a fantastic format for those types of like album notes. And, and there's little, it's, it's, also, you can put like three hours of stuff on it. I mean, if you really pack it in, I bought the the weekdays did a kind of like tape of their demos. And it was like weird covers of like Nickelodeon songs and early demos and Christmas songs. But it was like an hour or two on each side. And it's fantastic. Like they packed a bunch in there. And I'm like, wow, really have a real connection to this band now. that <laughs> I've sat through all of this. It's tight. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, like, honestly, I said I don't understand it, but that's not entirely true. Like, I, what, are, what I don't really, it's not, it's not that I don't understand it. I'm not the type, I'm not going to put it on and listen to it, but I think it's cool to collect physical music. You know, like, I could have probably a tape collection and never play any of them, but still think it's cool. You know, when we grow up, we collect Pokemon cards and shit. Like, you don't really do anything with them. You know, it serves much exactly. of a function, but yeah. they're still cool to just hold in your hand, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's cool. People want to have those things in an increasingly digitalized, digitized, yeah. digitalized. Yeah, <laughs> digitized. And I think that, yeah, yeah, I got, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know, there's cool, like, just yesterday I saw Two Foot Parade, another fantastic Michigan label, like, they're putting out a tape for Worry Club, and here I'll show it over camera here. But it's that's uh, funny you mentioned that because they're a sponsor of the podcast now, oh, and it, the intro is literally I mentioned that tape. <laughs> I expect that check uh, soon, by the way. So yeah, just hey. <laughs> no, not, but yeah, that Worry Club tape. I'm like, damn, it's like a Marlboro. Like I, I absolutely want to have that in my hand. Like I, I do love bootleg merch too. So that's that's an easy sell for me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I'll move on to one of another one. Benny basically gave me the whole fucking outline for an episode. This is great. Another one of their highlights, which is one of mine as well, the Strokes and New Abnormal to kind of Oh, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking rad. So rad. Like, I used to be bored as shit by the Strokes, to be honest. Like, I, I liked a couple singles, but I was just like, eh, this is kind of monotonous. And that was kind of their thing a little bit. It's just like create a catchy groove and just like roll with it yeah but i think this is the that. best example yeah. of it and they kind of mastered it and made it like really happy and like if i if i'm gonna hear just like the same thing over and over i kind of want it to be like happy and like it kind of had like some funky vibes on there some like 80s like synth shit going uh yeah i was all yeah, about yeah, that yeah. record you love that synth. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good call man i think that I think kind of same position. I really fuck with their first two albums as most people do, but um, like, that's not, that's not exactly a hot take, but I think that Julian's work with like the voids feels much more like artistic, I guess. And, and I think that there's a weird relationship with the strokes, but I really do think that for all, all, all of that aside, new abnormal is a really fantastic strokes record and kind of a comeback. Like the, the last few things they put out have been pretty eh. So I think that they definitely, 
they they knocked that one out of the park. Yeah, and it did get me to listen to some of their older stuff to give it another chance. And I just want to say, because I'm a stubborn ass that still didn't really get into it. Didn't right, it. I mean, fair. It's all That's good. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine without me, I think. I think they're... Uh, uh, yeah, they. They're, I think they've found okay. their audience a little bit. <laughs> I don't um, think that this yeah. podcast opinion is going to bring them down. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Get that sway. This is how the beef starts. Invite oh, the neighbors. Yeah. Just go straight the to the Just top. You. Yeah, yeah. Fuck indie heads. Exactly. Going, to the, going for the stroke. Take, take take Julian Casablancas on. Invite him. Like, hey, oh, just pull a Ben Shapiro. Be like, I will debate you on your own music, sir. <laughs> Dude, don't even get me started on that little fucking wiener. Wiener. Oh my god. Whoa, whoa, that's a PG insult, man. Watch it. Watch your mouth. What a <laughs> Gonna get that explicit. Yeah, that's the that's what the best wiener. Word. He is a wiener though. Like I watched him on Joe Rogan and like I couldn't get through because I like when controversial people go on Joe Rogan, I like watching because I like to know why people hate other people. I tr- I really want to understand it and like draw my own conclusions. And sometimes I don't understand why, but like with him, it took me five minutes to get it. Like, <laughs> like wow that was like that was record time <laughs> yeah like there's other people like douglas murray that i i watched and i didn't realize that a lot of people think he's an alt-right fascist and i won't get into like but if he is he's really good at, at hiding it i think i don't know but i i'm just giving a counter example to where it's like he didn't seem as now please don't come at me people and say and list every horrible thing douglas murray has ever said because i'm i can tell you right now i am not aware of all of them all i know is i watch his interview on rogan but that was someone where i was just like "Eh, you know i disagree with some of what he says i agree with some of what he says ben shapiro i couldn't stand that little fucking weasel like even his voice lends it. You know, and some people are just so spot on for what they are. They're almost a caricature of themselves. Ben Shapiro is that. He's he's like, like someone that you just want to give a swirly. He just has that voice and yeah. that demeanor. And yeah. And I'm not even I'm not I'm not a bully. I'm not physically confrontation, but it's like, man. But you could dude. understand. <laughs> like Ben Shapiro you know, album. It's like, it's like I don't want to be a bully, but you just you existing it's kind of making me have to be like ah, some people are just born Ooh, to be swirly. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's I don't know. <laughs> born to and, be swirly. There you go. <laughs> and when he did that WAP thing, it was just like, that's what I'm like. You are a caricature of yourself, dude. Like you truly have no shame. You have no self-awareness. It's uh, well, I, for the sake of getting off politics, um, I know yeah, please. From dog leg has a fantastic, Ben Shapiro impersonation. If you dig back through uh, tour videos to January, where it was them in Glass Beach, and it is a spot on, uh, spot on impression. And again, I know we've talked about them a little bit, but Melee is just chef's kiss, man. Like oh, to yeah. hear to hear all of those songs finally come out. Like I mean, especially living in Michigan, I think I'd heard that entire album in full live uh, probably a dozen times. <laughs> But right. to hear Ed recorded live, to hear the strings, to hear, you know, Fox. And I know that it was a long time coming for them. And I, I'm i really proud of those guys for getting that out into the world. And watching, especially right now, and now this is the end of the year, watching them get placed so high on Fader and Billboard and like so weird. these massive publications. And it's like, damn, I've 
talked to these dudes. I've, yeah. you know, been it packed into little bars. They've all with hung them. out in my house, you know, like it's so weird. Like, and, I, and I remember, <laughs> yeah, like I remember smoking a cig, uh, well, fucking Jacob was smoking a cigarette. I don't, I was smoking weed, but Jacob might have been smoking weed with me too, actually, oh, yeah. on my front porch <laughs> last winter when they were signed to Triple Crown, but they weren't talking about it yet, really. Or they had just, people knew it, but like it wasn't like the yeah, record release wasn't announced yeah. or anything. <laughs> yep. And we were just talking with Jacob. I was just like, it's weird how this is happening for you guys because it was at the p- period where they didn't necessarily know what it was going to look like. They just had a lot of plans. They just had a lot of like excitement, but even the members of the band didn't yeah. really, they weren't used to the idea and they probably still aren't to be honest, but this, and I remember well, talking sure, to Parker about it too. Yeah. And like, they're just like so normal. It, it's because obviously people in bands are just normal, but it's weird when you hang out with people and then all of a sudden, like now they're famous. Like you see their faces on Instagram and you realize it's not their account. It's like, triple crown records or it's pitchfork and i'm just like it does not compute you know what i mean it's weird it's awesome yeah. don't yeah. get me wrong it's a dream it's just it's just like a whoa it can happen you know yeah yeah it really can and it's just that magic mix of like having good songs being like affable people and then just that right mix of like social media shit and again like meeting the right connections because i know like ian cohen from pitchfork goes hard to bat for those dudes and like yeah. writes about them and wrote about the singles and and reviewed i think he reviewed the album and like it's just funny like twitter is definitely part of that equation where it's like you know seeing the same people on the timeline and and interacting with them to the point where you get a rapport and opening those doors and yeah it's just wild that that invite the neighbors to uh billboard pipeline is real dude there you go it's a success story (laughs) (laughs) thanks for saying that you know i didn't want to point out the obvious i mean it seems like a correlation to me so yeah Yeah. that's that's all i'm saying just yeah yeah for sure but i mean no not at all but um it it, maybe one day i i honestly think that like my goal is to one day be a type of thing where if you come on the podcast, it is like a bump. You know what I mean? Like even a small one, like I, I would like to have that type of relevance. And I, I know it's like a, a weird, almost like self-inflicted conflict of interest where it's like, if I try to get more hype, then I get more clout. You know what I mean? But the purpose yeah. is to let other people have it and share it. I'm not trying to like hoard a position of prominence you know what i mean i want one but so that i can like help out anyone who i feel like like really deserves it you know that's a really interesting point i was just talking to my partner about that of like there's this idea on twitter of like diy clout which was like a meme from this summer it was like something people were talking about and it's like in my mind and i think it sounds like this is kind of your approach too is that like we do this, obviously we're making no money. This is like a hobby and free time, but the goal is clout in the sense that I hope that I can grow that audience on Twitter and Instagram and viewers to the website and all this stuff in order to now or in the future, like do stuff like write about good luck charm and be like, Hey, here's four fantastic albums from Michigan bands that none of you have probably heard of. And that that could spread a little bit, you know? And like, that's, that's really the end goal is that, spreading good art and that's i think that that's really like 
important to not lose track of because it's easy to come off as like, oh, it's clout or star fucking or whatever. And it's like, you know, all these are first off DIY bands. So there's nowhere to like, there's, there's a pretty defined ceiling on that. <laughs> right. Um, right. But like, right. Th- there's only so much you can gain from that by being a part of someone's success, but it still feels good to help bands with, you know, a press release or a single premiere or uh, a review and to at least have that documented because that's me saying this is my stamp of approval and hopefully that starts to gain more weight as you do it more and i felt that like it's cool to see i'm part of you know more press releases now and getting up on bands that i'm already a fan of and hearing their shit months out and i'm like oh hell yeah i can't wait to write about this it's really yeah. hard to not talk about it publicly or like share it online but yeah, there, there's, there's kind of, you know, you start to gain steam and I, I really, it's, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's important to maintain that sort of humility and like perspective too. Like, cause like I said, I, what's the point of having like a position of prominence if you're going to hoard it, if you're going to take this gatekeeper mentality, like obviously you don't just completely abuse it to where it's like, if you're famous, you just only pick and choose like your friends regardless of like merit you know like and and i'm not saying that because i see a lot of it i'm just saying in general but i think it's just way more rewarding to like have not just like the fame or whatever but like even more so the respect of being someone that's kind of what i fantasize about having is like prominence in like name recognition but respect along with it like okay yeah he has this successful thing but he doesn't he hasn't changed because of it like he still has bands on that are unknown and still has the same sort of ethos of like giving everyone a platform that as long as they're actually working towards doing something real in music as long as they're like not just like some hobby band then I'm pretty much willing to talk to them and I hopefully I can maintain that I mean it's become harder because now like more and more people want to be on so like there's this delay because like I'm usually booked like four months out, but a band will hit me up like a two weeks before something's coming out. And I'll be like, well, I mean, you know, I, yeah, you can come on, but it's going to be like a few months after your release date. And so trying to get the word out to people where the, to where they know about the podcast enough to where they know to hit me up months in advance, you know, that's been a challenge, but it's, I don't know the, you know, I get, I'm just going to transition now because I don't know how to articulate the end of this thought. All right. Yeah. It sounds but good. You get it. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm totally tracking. Yeah. I'll go to the last uh, couple things from Benny's highlights. One of them is honestly, sorry, Benny, I don't know what this is, but re- they said recording the choir part of hand and heartland. So I don't know if that's a boyfriend or song or if that's like another person's song. I, say, I think that sounds like a reference to me. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that one's passing me by too. I'm looking up the boyfrienders uh, on Spotify. Which Benny, how dare you be on Spotify? Haven't you heard that they barely pay artists? That's just that's I'm been. I mean, that's be... been a phenomenon this year too. For what it's worth, I think that's worth. If we're if this is a truly a 2020 retrospective, that there's been renewed discussion about how fucked up every streaming service is. About look at Bandcamp Fridays, like people are flocking to patreon and and selling merch and like it's being an artist is already so inherently untenable for many people and like take touring out of the equation like what are you left with is 
a 10 cent check from Spotify every month if you're lucky. And like, that doesn't pay for shit. <laughs> um, especially for most of the bands that are like of this circle. Like maybe if you're a big indie rocker, like you can kind of coast on that a little, but that's definitely been a discussion I've engaged in. And I'm interested by from a pretty much outside perspective, but it's, it's wild to see artists that I love so much struggling. And, you know, there's bands that are on labels that just can't tour now and are putting out albums and like, just kind of, it's a shrug this year of like, I guess this is our album and can't tour on it, which must be the the biggest bummer in the world. Right. And I, I looked it up, by the way, Hand in Heartland is the song uh, with Boyfrienders and Austin Stowozik and Gabriel Miller. So, okay. That's what that is. So there you my go, bad, Benny. Sorry, I don't have all your song names memorized. Just chill, Benny. I have um, that discography on hand, man. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, they said the choir part in that, which is dope. Um, to have a choir part in anything is fucking cool. And then last one, we'll then we'll move transition to the low lights because we need to at least have some negative shit. Oh, it's twenty twenty. Yeah. The last one they said was joining in a daydream and working with you, baby. He's, they said that to me. So um, we have we have that relationship. But yeah, Benny's playing drums for in a daydream. Uh, they're not on the record. That's my buddy Noah. Noah Wright played drums on the record. But Benny has learned all the songs. They absolutely crush them um, when we play. Like the first time I jammed with Benny was just like on a whim. I was over there to talk to them about podcast stuff. And they had a drum set. I was like, do you want to just jam? So I was playing their guitar and didn't even knew Benny played drums. And by the end of it, we clicked so well and like just had like this yeah. meeting of the minds musically where it just kind of flows and like you understand the transitions that each other is doing and you play off of it. And I was, that was happening so quickly and so early. I was like, yo, do you want to be in my band? And they're like, yeah, we think about it. I sent them the demos and they were like, yep, let's do this. <laughs> yeah again that's that's why i love the midwest man i feel like so many people are just in each other's bands and like there's still defined differences between the sound of obviously like boyfrienders and in a daydream like but like to watch you know people go round robin of like ah, i'm just playing drums on this one you know just kind of vibing and then like oh they're fronting this other band on the lineup like later in the night and it's yeah. such a cool community i miss it a ton and i hope it's it's a bummer because i never got to really explore the denver scene before everything shut down but you know it's it's really cool like it's it's really is one of a kind out there yeah oh and and they uh boyfrienders the on their lp3 they've had a lot of like guest parts and stuff and i got to go in and play like this gnarly fucking guitar solo at eureka records austin said it might have been one of the nastiest tones he's ever recorded so i'm really excited for you guys to hear that and i'm really petitioning for to have benny let me just join boyfrienders because then then that would complete the benny brian trifecta of like shared projects the (laughs) venn diagram would be just a circle at that point you know yeah, you got to close that Venn diagram, man. Yeah, but so if you uh, if you like Benny, tell him to just make it happen, and uh, that's that's Ass- the last. Hassle them on that. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, low lights. Benny starts off with a hot take saying uh, Morrissey continuing to put out albums. Now, where do you stand <laughs> on Morrissey? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think fuck Morrissey is the prevailing uh, sentiment for pretty much everyone except. I guess Morrissey, right? <laughs> like, I think that even Smiths fans are like, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's kind of what I've heard. 
So I'm I'm not a Morrissey guy. I'm not necessarily a Smiths guy, but uh, you know, I I absolutely agree with that one. I don't think that's as hot hot of a take as <laughs> you realize. <laughs> but how many yes. people only listened to Morrissey because they loved the perks of being a wallflower? And then like yes. the Smith, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That might yep. be a stretch, but I just feel like the resurgence. I don't know if it's the resurgence of Morrissey. I don't know enough about like the the peaks and valleys of their career, but I I just feel like a whole bunch of people in our generation read Perks being a wallflower, saw that the Smiths were on this little playlist and decided, oh, I'm misunderstood and I'm depressed and emo. So this is the band that I'm supposed to like. And so I like it. And yeah, I, I mean, like obligation. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is a hot take and I'm just being silly just so everyone knows I'm not, I don't fully a hundred percent think that people who like Morrissey <laughs> only do so out of like some weird sense of obligation. I'm sure there's re- prevailing qualities. I just, I'm, it's not for me. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Clearly not Benny either. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a very good call, Benny. But and then they said the venues we've lost due to the pandemic, which obviously sucks. I also think though that more will just come up. You know, it, it without being insensitive to the places that have closed down, there will never not be a demand for live music, I think. So I think new ones yeah. will kind of rise from the ashes and we just need to support those. Whatever's out there, we just need to support it. Is kind of my take. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest bummer of that are those kind of like historic ones where, I'm sorry, there was one in Philly I know that closed that I saw a bunch of bands lamenting on Twitter where it's just like one of those that's kind of like a dingy but charming where it's got like a few hundred caps. So a lot of like indie bands have played it and DIY, like it's one of those that's kind of like a universal touchstone, you know, where it's like, oh, like the mom jeans of the world and like, the the big indie rock bands and 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 kind of stretches those boundaries so it's a bummer to see them close their doors just because it's a loss of like what is that going to turn into are they just going to sell it and turn it into a a fucking amazon whole foods thing like what what will (laughs) become of that plot of land you know but like i agree and i think that also there's going to be on the optimistic end of that like what you're saying is that i think diy venues are going to have a resurgence too because like when I go back to shows, once I get vaccine vaccinated and all this stuff, um, I think that I would much rather dip my toes in at a DIY place where I can kind of chill in the back and drink beers. And there's only yeah. a few dozen people versus packing myself into a theater and like being pressed up against a dozen other people at a time screaming on to like the wonder years as much as I want that. Um, that seems much more risky than a DIY show, which could be low key could be like, you know, you have much more control there and it's someone's house or basement or, whatever garage you know yeah in a daydream only plays socially distant shows because (laughs) that's how many people show up so i don't think i'm worried about it (laughs) see that's that's the benefit that's how you have to market it it's the socially distant rockers in a daydream there you go (laughs) we'll look like we're socially conscious instead of not famous or maybe we'll just look like both (laughs) that's an optimistic take i love it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i wonder what it's going to take to instill confidence in being at those packed venues again like is there going to be enough people who's just say fuck it we don't care we just want this so bad that it's not going to take a hit and the people that described what you just described will just stay home or is it 
like I wonder what 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 does it take for someone like you or I'm kind of I'm kind of more the other direction like if if it's okay to do it I'm just going to go do it. Like I'm not going to do it now obviously because it's not okay to do it but like if if I hear that it's okay it's legal to do those things I'm going to do them but what what would it take because I feel like you probably speak for a lot of people that are similar minded like what would it take do you feel to feel confident about going to one of those like packed do you need like a, a universal vaccine that's not just like the one that we're getting, which is like a, you don't contract it, but you still spread it or. I think it's going to be more a case of like dipping our toes back in again, at least for me. Like, I think that the idea, even if a hundred percent, like, cause even if a hundred percent of the people are vaccinated, temperature checks, the door, whatever, like all of these kind of safety precautions that could be in place, the concept of, knowing how fucking sweaty I get, how I'm getting sweat on other people. And like the concept of like exchanging fluids and being that close to a bunch of randos, uh, is kind of unappealing right now, but I think yeah. I'll work back up to that. But like right before the pandemic happened, I, I did go to a wonder year show. That was one of the last ones I saw, um, came out of the pit of free throw and I had someone else's blood on me and I was just like, <laughs> Whoa, yikes. Well, uh, I know this pandemic thing might be getting bad. So I hope that was the same night that like Tom Hanks announced that he had COVID. And I was like, Oh, wow. in the back of my head, I'm like, this is a, uh, you know, riskier than I think I realized it was <laughs> in terms yeah. of global pandemic transmission type stuff. But I think that it'll, it, it, once we get back into that, just the concept of being in a grocery store right now without a mask seems fucking weird. So there's, yeah, there's, I think layers to peel back to that onion of getting back to that sense of normalcy. And who knows when we're even going to be allowed from a like, governmental level to congregate like that you know like that's what's weird is people are doing that now people are going to churches and doing weird stuff and going to bars because you have to overpay for alcohol somewhere like i don't understand that urge <laughs> but um yeah i think i think we'll get there it'll just be a very slow process and that's what i'm telling myself that it'll it'll all get yeah. back to normal maybe a yeah, year or no, two i think it will i i what i kind of sparked me to ask that question was like this worry that even if it's virtually technically safe based on vaccinations and things like that, will there be this leftover trauma or anxiety about just being in groups where it's hard to readjust to the, even the idea that it's okay, even if it technically is, if there's still going to be, I feel like there will still be this leftover for a lot of people anxiety about it. Cause it's like, I'm at the point now I'll be watching TV with my girlfriend. We watch a movie and it's weird to see a bunch of people not wearing masks yep. in like yep. a crowd. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that tells you it's fucking with your mind, you know, in terms of like what you perceive as normal, okay, safe. So, but I, I agree with you though. I yeah. think it's, it's all going to come back in due time. Yeah. I think that it's just a weird psychological thing that we as a society are going to have to, you know, I don't think we even have the perspective right now. Like, we who knows what the world's going to be like in a year like it's i think we're so deep in it that it's impossible to say <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean imagine a year from now you had no fucking clue i mean you can say that for literally any year though like when you think back to the beginning of the year at the end you're like wow things were different you know obviously not on this scale but there's always like that sort of sensation of like whoa yeah true. I never would have thought that this would happen and thankfully for 2020, for me, that's been mostly good, you know, other than like the society stuff. For me, selfishly, personally, like mostly good things have happened, you know, like podcasts, yeah. 
finish the record. You know what I mean? So I'm very grateful, but Benny had a low light, had a, having a tour get canceled. You know, they put out their LP and tour gets canceled. So it's a bummer. And I feel like a lot of bands have that same experience and it's just, uh, it's just a matter of getting through it, I guess. Only way out is through type thing. Cliche, cliche. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true though. But I think that, I think that it's important to hold on to those bits of positivity though, too. Like that, you know, pretty much everything sucks. So you have to hold on to those little successes and little moments that, that do, you know, fuel you, you know, like that's, that's all you got right now. And that's, that's important to, to lean into those as much as possible. Do you feel like, and that's pretty much it. If you have more low lights, let me know. But I was curious, like, have you, with the state of the blog, do you feel like you've done more in the pandemic than you would have normally? Has it kind of helped you in that way? I think so. I think um, at the very beginning of this year, I was prolific as fuck. I was starting a new job and was feeling very like creatively fueled. I was putting out like an article every week, which is pretty pretty good turnaround for me. And it was relevant and like up to date on new releases. And uh, at the beginning of the summer, I kind of put shit on hold for, I was going to protests more and like, felt like it was not the time for a white guy to be writing about other white guys music kind of thing. I'm like, you know what? I can, I can better allocate this energy right now. And so I put shit on hold, took, took a couple months off and got some good perspective and, you know, kind of just, it was nice. I got to kind of just enjoy my summer a little bit more. And, and I feel like use my voice in a different way. Um, and that was great. Um, and now kind of just in the, the, the post summer of that, I feel like I've been very productive and getting back into it and getting press releases from cool people and getting up on it's exciting when it's, you know, next year's album that's come like I'm listening to now. So that's really cool. And have been, I think, you know, getting very big bouts of creativity that I'm just leaning into, you know, um, weird stuff that just clicks all of a sudden one night and I sit down at one in the morning and pound out like a thousand words or something and like that is a new newer thing for me this year. So I definitely feel like I've been up on it more, very happy with the stuff I'm creating. And, and it's cool to be a little bit more relevant. A lot of the stuff that I wrote before this year was more evergreen where it's like a think piece mm-hmm. on an album or. Yeah. I'm talking something. to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm, you know, tapped in a little bit more in a cool way where it's like, Oh, I'm getting like getting albums a month out and listening to them, really digesting them. And then, putting it out the day that it releases. And it's cool to be more relevant in that sense too, where it's like Are, nice to be able to, to participate a bit more and, you know, like be, be a bit more current with my, with my writing and thoughts. And then also temper that with some of those more traditional, like think PC things that I do. Yeah. So like, I think it's a good mix to have, you know, a little bit of both. And I think even, taking what you write about obviously you're going to write what you want and it's good that's why you do it but taking like the more relevant like on the beat type stuff but writing it in a way that kind of like reflects the style of like the think piece because you're you're getting it a month out and you're really digesting stuff you're not cranking out so much that it's impossible for you to fully digest the things you write about you only have to write about things you want to so i feel like you can incorporate a lot of thought and like your own sort of style which i think is unique into what you're writing about current things and to kind of give a more like thoughtful seasoned take on things that are just coming out which is you don't get a lot of that i feel like you get more just like 
here's what you need to know about this thing. Like, here's the initial reactions. But I feel like you would put out something more, like, full and, like, fleshed out, which is needed. Thank you, man. It's it's good. That's that's really uh, sweet and really nice to hear, too, because that's the line that I really do hope to walk with the blog is there's a difference between that music journalism of basically like regurgitating press releases versus yeah. which I never want to do. Like it's one thing if it's a press release for a band that I fuck with and I'm like, Oh shit, I'll help. I'll help you guys out and still do something unique. But yeah, I don't just turn around copy pasted shit. Um, and it's really important to me that everything I post does come from like that place of a, a deep truth. And like, you can really only get that by sitting with an album for a long time and figuring out, what the album is trying to say and then what what i think of that kind of that's the additional layer on top i think um and also the context of like what you're doing too like sorry to cut you off but like also like how what how you're experiencing it like i love hearing about the context of like what's actually going on in your life to contextualize how you're absorbing it you know what i mean yeah and that's yeah thank you yeah that's like definitely important to me and also i don't know like that's I know that's not always relevant. Like whatever's happening in my life is only relevant to me, but those experiences reflected in the album are universal and it's cool to kind of filter shit through my own experience. And, and I've had people reaching out to me a to either guest, write And do the same thing. And I'm like, yes, like, of course, like come please. Like it, it's right. really open format. Right. Like this is just me running it 90% of the time, but I welcome that. And then also artists who reach out that I can tell have genuinely been, reading and identify the type of writing that I'm doing and are sharing music under that guise. Not just like, Hey, here's my album. Can you write about it? But Hey, I saw you write about my friend's album or this other album and really loved the way that you approached it and wanted to share my work too. And that's so affirming like that. That makes me want to actually do it versus like, okay, I'll do you a favor or (laughs) write about this thing, even though I kind of don't want to. And like I did Fiverr and shit like that, where that was, the farthest example of that where I'm like getting paid to write about something. And I didn't really fuck with that at all. That was not, uh, not creatively fulfilling and it just felt fake. So it's, yeah. it's cool yeah. to, again, like we're kind of talking about stay true to your vision, I guess. And, and to have that eventually be affirmed, even though it's taken however many years I've been doing this. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I'm exactly, I, I fully identify with that, you know, like trying to just maintain your style. And I think, What's cool about what you do, the way I kind of just described it, like, you know, contextualizing it within like your own life, what's going on. I think that's it humanizes you like it it adds to this vibe that it's not just regurgitated press release stuff. And it people, at least me as a reader, I want to read that a real person experienced this album and felt it and they didn't just get a few bullet points and now they're writing sentences about it you know what i mean like it it feels more genuine and it feels i'd rather have less like that than more that it's just stale and stripped down that's kind of how i feel about the podcast too like i don't want to do like three episodes a week and just you know have them all be really generic or like I, i when i started the podcast i never wanted to just do like basic interviews like i never have questions beforehand usually you know like i don't have bullet points and i don't I just want it to be a conversation and just make it feel real. So I naturally yeah. I'm going to be drawn to other entities doing something like that. So props, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And in return, I fuck with that. Hell yeah. But I think we'll wrap it up. It's been a good one, dude. Um, Any yeah, other like highlights, lowlights, anything that you wanted to highlight before? The only reason the highlight that's coming to mind is like the weird shit that is just people are dunking on on Twitter of Machine Gun Kelly talking about the comfort of his shoes and whether or not that makes you a rock star. I'm just like, why? But that's, right. that's the kind of run of the mill shit where it's like, that's only in my mind because it's relevant and that dude's a goofball, but whatever, like all in all, I do prefer to be like positive because I do think there are a lot of fantastic releases this year. And so I'm, I think that it was a, it was a really good year for music and yeah, a really good year for like music fans. I feel like despite the fact that no one was able to see these songs live, like people figured out a way to, do audio tree live and and live stream on instagram and like you know i think that 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 persistence is what i take away from this year too that people are still figuring out a way to create and and make things work and that's that's what i hold on to dope appreciate it um let people know like where they can find your blog and social medias all that yes yes um the blog itself is at swim into sound on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then my, because it's seasonally relevant, my, uh, the, the sister blog, I call it is, uh, a very Sufi on Christmas where we write about oh, yeah. one Sufi on Christmas song a day. We have every year we get 25 guest writers and then is like advent calendar style. We have one song post every day. Um, and that's, always it's so niche but so if that sweet, interests though. you in any way if you love christmas music if you love sad banjo folk music uh check it out but yeah it's it's really beautiful to see all of these strangers like a couple people i know in real life or via twitter but watch these 25 strangers all come together and pour their hearts out and their experiences about one specific sufyan song that is it's wonderful so i love being it's like a great tradition for me this is the third year we've done it um, we're almost there. We're at the last last week right now. So it's it's really fun. And that's just the side music blog because my main one apparently isn't enough <laughs> on its own. And not <laughs> enough work. I needed more. That's dope. Well, like I said, dude, I appreciate you coming on. We'll keep doing this sporadically. And uh, I think hopefully the next time you come on, we'll have, selfishly, we'll have some shit that I did to talk about. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That could be cool. Could be big. <laughs> No, there it is people taylor grimes the homie swim into sound they just said um right at the end there um where you can find the blog and the social media so just give all that shit a follow it's definitely worth it Get, read it it's well-written shit like i that, that's what want, makes me want to work with taylor and like kind of check in with him on a regular basis is that their shit is so unique and well done i fully believe in that i push i really i mean if you listen to this podcast you know like i push the things that i really believe in and and their blog is one of them taylor's the shit um so yeah thanks for listening give us a follow on the socials um patreon maybe like i said hit me up if you're one of those people that you think that you'd be interested in patreon content on instagram hit me up so mucho appreciado Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, wherever the fuck you celebrate, Festivus, whatever, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.